Hello everyone and welcome to the Sunday Evening Bible Study. Um, we're looking forward to tonight going to continue the message we began this morning on Abide in His Love. We want to welcome all of those of you that are joining us or will be joining us on Facebook, Mike Springston FFC Podcast, where we coach you in the Word, uh, Lift Him Higher Radio, um, and of course through our Family Fellowship Chapel's Post. We're glad to have all of you whenever and wherever, from wherever you're joining us. We want you to make sure that you know you can contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. At any rate, we're going to get started. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word, for your spirit. Open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us and then may we apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Holy Spirit, we ask you to speak from the directives of Jesus. Reveal to us, we'll receive it and release it to your people. We give you praise and honor and glory for it all in the lovely name of Jesus Christ. Our High Priest, our Lord, and our Man in the Godhead. Amen and amen and amen. John fourteen seven is where we're starting. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. And we concluded this morning uh, with the third step in abiding, and that is that there's a reward for the believer. There's a place, and there's a promise. Now, I'm going to explain that tonight. In verse John 14, 2, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, and where I am there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Now, this morning I closed the morning service with this statement, and I want to make sure you understand it. There is a place and there is a promise for you. This is so beautiful. So revelatory, and I want you to understand it. I said this statement is not dealing with the reward of the coming of Jesus for the purpose of taking us to our eternal home. This coming again refers to him operating in the two arenas of which we see him operating after the cross. Of course, we see him operating in the place. What place is that, Pastor? That's the place of his position in the Godhead. Then we see him operating in the promise. What is the promise, Pastor? It's the promise of the Father, whereby he sent the Holy Spirit. Now what was the purpose of the promise, Pastor? So that he could be in us, operating. So that he could have the comforter, operating as the promise so that he could speak directly to us, communicate with us, lead us, guide us, and direct us into truth, reprove us where necessary, convict and convince us where we needed it, give us what to speak. You see, when we're talking about abiding, we're talking about what Jesus said in John 14, 4. If you abide in me and I abide in you. So if we're going to learn how to abide, we're going to have to learn how to abide in both the place and the promise. Now I'm going to show you that. 
and neither one of these are going to deal with an eternal home. As I said this morning, there is no doubt that Jesus Christ is coming. There is no doubt that there is eternal home, an eternal home prepared for you and me. Jesus said it. That was what the teaching began with in John chapter 14. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And in that reward, there's going to be both a place and a promise. Now that's beautiful stuff. Hi Charles, hi Tammy. This, this, this place is where he operates from as the man in the Godhead. As we follow through the life of Jesus Christ and we come through the priesthood, where we are in the tabernacle. Now the next step is for us to go into the Holy of Holies. Hebrews said we have access into the throne room of God where we can come boldly and find grace and mercy to help in time of need. So he is preparing us a place. Paul said that we have been accepted in the beloved and seated in heavenly places. So he is preparing us a place in the Godhead this scripture is not dealing with the day in which Jesus returns and we are called in, in a rapture to go and be with him. He's not talking about that here. He is talking about the message that he is preparing and giving to the apostles and the disciples that would lead them into the continuation of the things of which he began to do and to teach. So we're seeing Jesus talk about two particular things. One is the place. That's where the Godhead is operating. He said, if you believe in God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then believe also in me because I'm going to prepare for you both a place and give to you a promise. Second, of course, is the believing in him. He said, if I go and prepare a place where you will be accepted and seated and have access to, because you will become a priest after the order of Melchizedek under the direction of the high priest and be able to enter into the Holy of Holies, there you will have access into the very plan of God and access into the grace of God that is the way God does things. He said, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. Now let's look at it. Jesus said, I will come again. And he does as he relates the abiding lifestyle to the believer. We're going to see that in John 14, around 22, 23, and 24. When he uses the term I will, I will receive you. Here's what that means in the Greek. It refers to the associating of oneself in an intimate and familiar act of relation. It means to act in or to produce in an office and taken to. So Jesus teaching us how to abide in him and he abide in us is showing us the process of which he is going to actually do that and teach us how to abide in him. We would abide in him in a place and we would abide in him in a promise. In a promise. He would in turn bring us into the place with him 
and then minister to us through the promise. He and we would have a relational abiding. You must abide in me and I must abide in you. I will come to you. I will be in you and I will be intimate with you. I will abide in you so that you can be seated in heavenly places, accepted in the beloved and have access. Abiding is a two-way street. We've never looked at it that way. We've never understood it that way because we put John 14, 2 and 3 into heaven, never understanding there is both a place and a promise. John 14, 4 says, abide in me, or John 15, 4 rather, says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of, me, of itself except it abide in the vine. Abide in me and I in you. Come to the place where I am. Be able in the spirit world to come through the process that Jesus Christ, the high priest, the Lord, and the man in the Godhead exists. Come in. You have access boldly. The Bible said that our high priest knows how we feel. We have access into the very throne room of God boldly. So here we go into the throne room of God to do what? to be accepted in the beloved, to be seated in heavenly places, and to see and know the plan of how God does his business so that we can have the grace of God to do life as God does. What a great thing. What a great opportunity. If there, now, I will abide with you so we can see where he is, and where he is, there we will be also. This is not an end time statement in John 14, 2 and 3. It's a statement that is related to the emphasis of abiding that must be present. Now get this, for the ministry of Jesus Christ to continue, there must be a place and a promise. You must be able to, to enter into the place by believing in God, where the Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are operating. You must be able to enter into the promise by receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, these things are working together. What are they, when are they operating? They're operating in me and you right now. Glory to God. They're operating as an abiding relationship right now where we're able to bear fruit because we abide in him. And if you abide in me, the branch will bear fruit. It must abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. Now for him to abide in us, we must conversely abide in him. So we do, this cannot be an end time statement. And none uh, in terms of a rapture statement, and none of the rest of the message leads us in that direction. It's a statement related to the continuation of the ministry that Jesus began to do and teach. This is a reciprocal abiding, and uh, there, there is and no ability any other way for him to manifest himself in us. There is neither any ability for us to experience the complete work of our believing in the plan of the Godhead and how that plan relates to the ministry of Jesus Christ if there is not a reciprocal, intertwined 
relationship and abiding. This is a statement of the events that are soon to come to the apostles and the disciples. It is a statement of the future operations for the believer. Now, I want you to see that. This is how the believer is meant to operate in the heavenly economy in the earth of which Jesus Christ is Lord. Think about what I'm saying. This is how we are meant. We are meant to be able in the spiritual world to enter into the very throne room of God. See, hear, learn, understand, and know the way God does things. Then we are in the earth carrying out the commands of Jesus Christ. As we are dealing with life, he is abiding in us and we are in him abiding. And therefore, the interconnectedness of these two abiding in each other is bringing out of us the ability to continue. That's what this bare fruit thing is all about. It's about continuing to do and to teach the things that Jesus began to do and to teach. So this is an operational, instructional message from Jesus Christ teaching you and me how to operate without fear and doubt, how to believe on the Godhead, how to believe on Jesus Christ, how to understand that there is a place prepared for us That place is not something that we are uh, receiving only when we are raptured or when we die. This is a place that the believer is going to be able to access, now watch, as well as a place where the promise is going to be manifested to us. Now there's going to be a great day. When we all get to heaven, what a wonderful day it is. But I want to tell you, mom said something to me today and I want to share it with you. We are missing in this life, in this day, in this moment, and in this hour, many, much, most of the blessings that the place and the promise have been produced and provided for us to have because all we can think about is when we all get to heaven. It's greater, it's bigger. It has a deeper intention. And Jesus Christ is showing it to us in John 14. We don't see it. We haven't been taught it. But Jesus Christ does everything with a purpose. And when he talks about abiding in me and I abiding in you in John 15, and the branch as the source, when he talks about that, He has told us what the conditions of abiding are in John 14. This is a statement of how we should operate as believers. It's a statement of how he will produce his ministry through us. It's a statement of how we will access heaven and abide in him and how he will access us and abide in us. My friend, this is a hallelujah moment for us because we see the prospects of how the place that we're going to dwell in for eternity 
has its ability to be accessed in the now. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And how that productivity is promised to us in the earth as the manifestation of one, another, the comforter that is just like him. My God, if we can see it for what it is, if we can grab it for what it is, if we can take it into ourselves for what it is, if we can get out of doubt and fear, if we can get out of distrust and unbelief, if we can walk away from unrighteousness, come into the place and into the promise of God, my God, the world has to change. Where does it change, Pastor? Right there. Right here in me. It changes in me. Because I allow myself to abide both in the place where the Godhead dwells and in the promise where Jesus is speaking and leading me and guiding me into all truth. My God, what more could we want? We're focused on heaven, however, and we've missed the revelation. Let's go to number four. The I am is all you need because he is the way, the truth, and the life. The I am is all that you need because he is your way. He is your way into the place. He is your way into the promise. He is your way out of doubt, fear, and unbelief. He is your way into faith. He is your way into the Godhead. He is your way into the throne room. He is your way into tomorrow. He is your way into work. He is your way into dealing with your family. He is your way to deal with, he is everything. He is the way, the truth, and the life. See, Jesus has said, if you'll abide in me, I'll abide in you. Take me as I am. I'll be your way. I'll be your truth. I'll be your life. You don't have to identify in foolishness. You don't have to identify with the twins of the day. No, my friend. You can live in the I am. Mom said to me yesterday that when Moses, God identified himself to Moses as the I am, he said, I am that God. Well, what he was saying is, I am that God that was the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He's saying to you and me, I am that God. Hallelujah. I am that God who is the God that Jesus Christ showed unto the world. I am that God that devised the plan of salvation. I am that God that is eternal. I am that God that sits on the throne. I am that God that gives grace. I am that God that gives favor. I am that God that does things and influences mankind by grace. I am that God that does things His way. I am that God that opens the windows of heaven and pours out blessings that you're not able to contain because I am that God. See, this is where we are, my friend. This is how we abide in Him. 
we recognize him as that God. He is the source of everything. He is the source that gives us and meets every single need. Oh my, we're learning how to abide in him. Get out of ourselves as our own source. Get out of our wallet as our source. Get out of our job as our source. Get out of our wife or our husband or our children as our source. Get out of our talents as if they were our source. And come unto him. Come to the I am that is that God that handles and takes care of everything that moves on the face of whatever it is that the believer who has been with the Godhead in the place, living in the promise, can hear the word of Jesus Christ as the Holy Ghost speaks. Yeah, I am, you see. Then he says again in verse 9 through 11, he says, believe. Believe. Now he's taught you don't doubt don't have any fear. Don't be troubled. If you believe in God, believe in Jesus Christ. I've prepared a place and a promise for you. I am. Now just believe. Have faith that is in and upon He who is. And He who is connected to you because you have attached your faith to the author and finisher. Notice that Jesus is in the Father, and the Father is in Him. They operate under a shared belief system. Why? They abide. They share a belief system. What the Father knew, Jesus knew. What the Father saw, Jesus saw. What the Father did, Jesus did. They shared, they abided with each other. Their faith, was in each other. Our faith should be a shared faith as well. But the sharing of our faith is done by placing it upon the author and finisher, the object of our entrance into faith. That is Jesus Christ. Number six, believe for greater works. Now, if we're going to do the things that Jesus began to do and to teach and we're going to bear greater fruit, then we're going to have to learn how to operate through this abiding system by releasing the Holy Spirit, receiving Him and releasing Him. We're going to have to learn that our belief system, because of the things that Jesus has taught in John 14, 1 through 11, and now He comes down to verse 12 and says, Greater works shall you do after I go to my Father. Why? <laughs> you should be able to answer that question because he's prepared a place and a promise. See, he's given you place and he's given you promise. You have the ability to sit in the Godhead, to see it, to operate in it, to pray, have access to it, to find grace and mercy to help in time of need. You have access to the promise where Jesus is speaking directly to the Holy Spirit, and He is revealing to you what it is that Jesus is saying. You receive that. I will come unto you. You receive it. 
and then you release it. And greater works. My faith now, because I understand how to abide in Him, now get this, is calibrated now with the combined faith of the Father and the Son. What's the result? I can do the works that He did. I can carry on the ministry and do and teach what Jesus did and taught. See, there are a lot of people saying a lot of things. There's a lot of people reading the Scripture. There's a lot of people teaching the Scripture, but they're teaching it without revelation of the place and the promise. They're teaching it without revelation of the place and the promise because the Word of God is not bearing the fruit that God intended it to bear. See, so as we understand what the word of God says, guess what happens? Greater works. Why? Because now we have calibrated our faith based on our presence in the place and our reception of the promise. We've calibrated our faith with a shared three-chord faith now. Mine, the Father, and, and the Son. The creative activity of that three-pronged faith now, the creator that works with that faith to bring about the things that God has spoken, that Jesus has spoken out of the Godhead, is the Holy Spirit. That's the promise. Wow, now watch what he says, number seven, if you're going to abide, if you're going to understand one through six. Now then it changes your prayer life. Pray in my name. If you understand what we've done to abide in verses one in, in, in circumstance, situation, one through six, which has now taken us through the first 12 verses of John 14, now we come and say, okay, now that I know this, I can pray in a different light. I can pray through the character and the authority and the personality that is the name of Jesus Christ. The process that defines abiding right here in prayer is defined by manifestation, by answers to prayer, by a ministry that begins to do and to teach what Jesus began to do and to teach. See, now, understanding verses 1 through 12, this abiding process brings us to an ability to pray. Praying with a different emphasis. Praying in the name of Jesus Christ. Praying in that name that says, now I'm abiding in you. I have no fear. I have no doubt. I have no trouble. I believe in the Godhead. I believe in Jesus Christ. I know there's a place. I know there's a promise. I know that there is a way, a truth, and a life that resides in me. I am intertwined with them. I believe in them. My faith is based on them. Out of that belief system is coming the ability to have greater results overwhelming the spirit world that is there in terms of sin. Now the name of Jesus begins to work. What's it going to do, Pastor? Well, Jesus told us. 
He's going to cast down devils, speak with new tongues. Nothing inside me or outside me is going to hurt me. Whom I lay hands on is going to recover. And it's not going to be because of me. It's going to be because of him. He'll confirm the word with signs following. How did this happen? Because he abides in me. And I abide in him. And I came to the conclusion. I can't do anything. You can do nothing unless you abide in me. Jesus said. See, this is such a beautiful thing, isn't it? Number eight, love him now. Just love him. Love that comes from the exposure. What have we exposed? Everything from John 14, 1 through 14 now has been exposed as the instruction of abiding. Well, this is this exposure flows through an explanation. I have explained how abiding occurs. This explanation of revelation comes and now love begins to manifest in expression. What was expressed? Greater works, greater ability to pray, greater ability to use the name of Jesus Christ. What a beautiful thing. I call them the three E's. And then what happens? There's a fourth E. You expand your horizons. You broaden your ministry. Why? Because he abides in you. And you are on a path to produce much fruit. Because you see these three E's of love, exposure, explanation, and expression, you are now ready to expand. You keep his commandments. These represent the prescriptions for abiding and give the precepts for, for being required by Jesus for you to abide in him and him to abide in you. Ten, while abiding, Jesus, the man in the Godhead, prays for us. Isn't that something? While using these four E's to show the love of God from, uh, uh, out of the Godhead to his people, he's sending another. He's sending another. Here we come to the promise now to enlighten you, to engage you, to encourage you, to guide you, to lead you, to reprove you, to speak to you as Jesus is speaking and to give you what to say. Receive the comforter. Receive the comforter. Now I want you to watch this. There is no means to abide without the receipt of the comforter, the scripture said. The comforter uh, is in the prescription. You are saved through the work of the Comforter. Jesus taught that we need the Comforter to abide in Him and for, him, for the Father to abide in us as well. We must receive the Comforter. Verse 17 says, The Comforter expresses the Spirit of Truth. Now watch this. Because the Spirit of Truth is the Holy Spirit expressing the words and works of Jesus Christ. For this reason, the unsaved world has not received this Spirit because they don't believe on the accomplished work of Jesus Christ. Someone said, I don't want to be saved. Fine, don't be saved. <laughs> you do what you want to. The result is going to be what the result is. You don't have to get saved. You don't have to believe on Jesus. It's your choice. The day will come, however, whenever you will wish you had. The ones left out of the opportunity to be filled with the comforter are only those who the scripture declares are known as the world. They don't see him and they don't know him. What is it they don't see? They don't see truth. 
Think about our world today. You can see that manifesting on every level. They don't see the truth concerning who they have chosen to love, who they have chosen to place their faith in, who they have chosen to believe. They've chosen to believe death, deceit, deception, lies, torment, trouble. They don't desire to reconcile themselves to the prospect of eternity separated from God. To them, truth is right this minute. It is seen, touched, and felt, but it's also fluid and can change instantly. I don't know whether you've been watching this or not, but one of the major news broadcasters right now is really under pressure. He has been in, this is what I've been telling you and preaching to you. This thing will change on you in a moment's notice. He has been the spearhead for many of the, the things that have gone on over the past couple years. Now he has made a statement that has caused him to come under the microscope. And now they are in the process of <laughs> working the woke culture against him. It's a very fluid thing. You can be in that culture one minute, be great, say the wrong thing, cut, end, sorry, out you go. Very fluid, can change on an instant. Now those who are saved, we have seen him and we know him in his saving work. They have seen his work in, in, in themselves. Notice this. This indwelling is so that he can abide with you as an accompanying person and he shall be in you. My friend, he abides. That's great news. From this truth comes abiding and you receive the reconnected life, living spirit of Jesus Christ. He is exposed as love and changes your inner man. Now here is where worship comes from. It comes from the inner man because the inner man has been changed. The process of abiding is not yet complete according to Jesus' teaching. And I'm going to try to go ahead and finish this tonight. But I want to tell you, I was watching on Facebook today a worship service that absolutely was saddening to me because they were worshiping right out of here, right out of their natural ability, never worshiping out of the inner man. Now, I want to move on here. He says, I will not leave you. So we go to verse 18. And verse 18 shows us the deep, and deeper meaning of abiding. We saw the truth exposed and explained in verse 17. We saw the effect of truth on those that see it. They got saved. Now in verse 18, we see something beyond that. Watch this. He said, I will come to you. You shall see me, and seeing me, you will know that I live, and that you shall live also. Well, many would say this occurred in Matthew 28 and Luke 24 as well as Mark 16. He showed himself to them and 500 others. Did that solve the abiding issue once and for all? Well, in a word, no. Because in verse 20 he says, at that day. Now this is directed to a particular moment in time. Now what was that day? When Jesus declares, I will come to you. When you know that I am 
is in the Father. This will cause you to know that I am is in you and you are in I am. Now Peter told us on this day in Acts 2.33 and what the outcome of this day would be. There is a day that will come when the comforter will be delivered to the believer in a deeper and greater way. This is for your ability to have the promise. You've been in the place, but you need the promise. The Father's promise, Peter said, was released to you. When will that day be? When we know that Jesus is in the Father and that we are in Him with equal access. That, of course, occurred in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit was released and sat upon them, this explanation brought an exposure, and the exposure brought an expression. They spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. This represented the Son being in the Father, and the believer being in the Father and the Son. The total picture of how to define abiding. John 14, 20. Now, of course, we see the results of that listed in John 14, 21, and 23. I'll read them to you, but I won't go into them. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he that understands all that I have taught now concerning the no trouble, believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house are many mansions, I will go and I will come and receive you unto myself, There's a place and there's a promise. Then, believe. Then, having believed, pray. Now praying is going to bring greater works. Greater works is going to come because I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now then, we come into the spirit of truth. We are saved. We are brought into communication and relationship to abide in Him. And then John 14, 20, at that day, you're going to know that I am in the Father, living in the Father, and you are living in me. Then Jesus said, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved to my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. I will love him and manifest myself to him. Now look at verse 23. Now I'm about done. Jesus answered and said unto them, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. Now watch. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. (laughs) Well, there's the whole plan, friend. It's all laid out for you. We will make our abode with him. The process of abiding is unfolded before our eyes in John chapter 14. The Father and the Son take up residence in us and act in both a place and a promise. You and I become the mansion, my friend, where the Godhead dwells. Father, I thank you for the word of truth. May we see this. May we learn it. May we begin to bind with you and abide with you with such force 
that all of the promises of John 14 are released in us. May we be cognizant of the fact that we are the mansion where the divine Godhead dwells. There is a place and there is a promise. Therefore, we have no fear. We live in truth. We release ourselves and surrender ourselves to you. May we be a blessing to you. May we be a force for you. May we continue to do and to teach what you began, Jesus, to do and to teach. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord, our High Priest, and our Man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. I see Charles and Tammy, and I appreciate you all coming in. I'm sure Sharon is out there, and Ellen, and and uh, many others that, that are not signing in, and that is always fine, but I want you to know something. If we could understand how to abide, and I've taught it to you, if you could go back and read that and see yourself in that abiding concept, I have this firm sense in my spirit that our lives, our worship, our prayer, our ability to hear revelation from the throne room of God would change. And we would go into a new illumination in Jesus Christ and in the Godhead that would transform us in to a deeper, bigger, and greater service for Jesus Christ. May God bless you until we speak again Sunday morning at 10.30. We'll have Bible study at 6.45 on Wednesday night. We're teaching on 2 Timothy chapter 1. We would love to see you there and may God bless you until we speak again.